Welcome back to the Oscar Project Podcast, the show where I discuss Oscar-nominated films year by year. I am your host, Jonathan Etreberg, and today is part two of my Thanksgiving special, with interviews highlighting some of the recent Student Academy Award winners. In today's interview, I speak with filmmaker Ian Forbes, director of the Student Academy Award-winning film, Revisited. Before I jump into the interview, please subscribe to the show in your podcast player so you can get all the newest episodes as soon as they are released. If you like the interview and want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. My guest today is Ian Forbes, director of the short film Revisited, which recently won the silver medal in the narrative category at the 2023 Student Academy Awards. He joins me today to talk about the film and his experience at the Student Academy Awards ceremony. Ian, welcome to the show. Thanks. So first off, congratulations on winning the Student Academy Award. I know you got to spend some time in Los Angeles leading up to the ceremony back in October. What was your favorite part of that whole experience? Well, it was wonderful coming to L.A. from a freezing cold Norway and being able to put on uh, shorts and T-shirts <laughs> again. That was uh, like a major relief. And uh, it was a lovely treat the Academy gave us, like dinners, meetings, getting to know both alumni and some industry professionals in L.A. But my favorite moment, and that is like even apart from the ceremony and the screening of the films, was we had this one day at Universal Studios with all the winners together and and my team, which was with me from Norway. And we kind of got the chance to hang out and become friends in that day. And that was really a nice experience, like people from Germany and Mexico and, you know, just uh, having that kind of relaxed atmosphere in between all the mingling and the industry meetings. So I think that like really stuck as a great experience in in the middle of it all. Excellent. That does sound like a lot of fun. Now, in terms of the film, it had a really interesting concept of a loved one returning after many years uh, after passing away. How did you come up with that story? What was the inspiration for that? So I lost my dad when I was 13. So this kind of theme about grief, that's been something I've worked with a lot before. But what gave me this angle that was actually a talk I had with my mum of a year before I started my final year at the Norwegian Film School where she out of the blue I was home visiting and she said I had a dream about your dad last night Uh, but uh, she'd met him at an airport and he'd said I've been alive for all these years but before she managed to answer ask him any questions he he walked off and uh, then she woke up and that just oh. gave me that, the, the chills and the kind of I started thinking, well, what would we do if he suddenly appeared? If, right. if someone you've missed yeah, for so long, it would be almost nightmarish, really, if they suddenly appeared outside your door again. So that's where the idea came from. And we started developing then how this family stuck in grief, have this encounter and how that uh, gives them a lot of new perspectives. That's very interesting. And, and speaking of the family, I thought the performances of the the four main characters were were really great. How the you know the the actors really re- interacted as if they were a family unit. How did you go about casting for the film? Hmm. Well, we uh, we employed a casting director uh, pretty early on. We knew we needed very experienced actors. It was a very complicated part. You have to imagine that this deceased person returned, so I knew I needed to be working with professionals in all all of the roles. And I auditioned nine different actresses for Tira, uh, the daughter, the main character, and then I started casting off of her after I found 
Tia Sofia Loch Ness. And what I did then is I'd have her playing against candidates for the brother and for the father uh, and trying to find energies that match to get back, as you said, that familiar tone and also exploring in the audition process what kind of character aspects they would all bring into the, 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 the four characters. And the only exception to this was Yachtud Jünge, who plays the mum, who I'd worked with before, who I casted almost as soon as I started working because I knew she just had this the right feel and tone for the project. Yeah. So um, that's how I really went about finding them. Yeah, she she certainly captures that uh, that mother feeling and and really feels like she's she's there with the other two, grieving in, in a different way, but you know, still dealing with the same emotions. Mm. Um, now, I don't want to spoil anything about the, the movie, but um, there's a couple of great shots I, I saw um, combining the indoor and outdoor settings. You have the, the beach scene um, and the indoor scene that kind of accompanies that. How did you go about creating those effects? Was any of that practical or was it all done through editing and, and post-production? There's a slight combination. Uh, our VFX artist, uh, Richard Klausmark, he was in charge working with the DOP the gaffer and the production designer to try and find the best method for this. Uh, and what we had to do is we first had to shoot the plates at the beach to get the right lighting so we knew uh, how to light the set. Uh, but what we did, which I think really helped that shot because you're combining interior and exterior, is that we took some of the sand from the beach back to the house mm. and we actually built uh, two metres of sand from the door frame so that uh, Thea Sophia, the actress, yeah. could actually step outside through the door and, and put her foot on sand. And then beyond that, there was a green screen where we put the plate, which was built in a three-dimensional sure. space. So you got that feeling of there was some physical interaction with the beach, uh, but most of it then right. was finished in, in post-production, but the lighting was on set, emulating the, the daylight of the beach uh, inside the house. Sure. Yeah, I had a feeling there was there was a, a lot involved in making that shot happen, and I think it, it came across really well. Yeah, thanks. Um, so what other challenges, if any, did you encounter uh, making the film? Well, it's always challenging making a film, but I think uh, <laughs> I think for this one, our, our major challenge was that we were filming in a house built in the 19th century, which had very poor power circuits. And uh, for lighting a film, that, of course, is a big challenge. Yeah. And when they're out in the middle of nowhere and it's freezing cold, it's the Norwegian winter. So being able to have the ovens on, because the actors are there, like just in indoor clothes and they're so cold, they, right. they just kept going off because the, the breakers were going. And at one point, we lost power for two hours when we were going to shoot a scene where the dad appears. And I was really anxious then because time was just flying. But... Um, we just lit a lot of candles, me and the actors, and we just sat talking about the scene, trying to spend our time as best as possible. And we somehow pulled through as the team miraculously managed to change lots of old electrical equipment. So I think that was our, our biggest challenge, for sure. Sure. And, and now that you say that, I, I do kind of notice there was several scenes that were take place at nighttime, rather relatively dark in the home. Did that impact any of that? Now, we were quite lucky. We managed to get the lighting we wanted. We wanted a very low-key, dark lighting, not too many mm -hmm. sharp edges. So, um, But it did impact the time we had, and I think I'm sure the gaffer had to work a lot more creatively 
We also had some daylight scenes, actually, that are shot without any lighting whatsoever because the power went and the, the light is exclusively shaped uh, by the natural light coming in from the windows. So right. there, there were some challenges there for sure. Sure. Now, before I move on to a couple of questions not related to the film, is there anything else about the, the project that you would like to mention? I feel you co uh, covered some of the main uh, themes uh, very nicely there. So I'm very happy with that. Excellent. Well, this might be the hardest question I ask, and you've probably watched a lot of films in your life, but if you had to pick your top three films, what would they be? Is merciless going for a top three when Letterboxd <laughs> has a top four option? So, because I think that's that's really helped me is it like being forced to choose for Letterboxd at least something to sit sure. there. So I can narrow it down. I mean, it often starts with uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, kind of a film that got me into film in the first place. So just this huge impact it had in my childhood, and it's still I think the best adventure film ever mm -hmm. made. And then I have It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Frank Capra. I absolutely love it. I cry every time I watch it. And um, yep. actually had quite a bit of an influence on kind of the, the climax of, the, of Revisited and some of the mood there. It's got some of that kind of magical realism to it. Sure. And lastly, I'd have to say The Matrix because it's just also such a formative film. I, I never grow tired of watching it. So it's just these films, I can watch them again and again. But uh, it's a terribly hard question. <laughs> yep, yep. That's why I say it's the hardest one. Mm. Uh, so we move from that on to one that I hope is a little bit more fun. If you mm. could invite any three movie characters to your next dinner party, who would they be and why would you invite those folks? I think for a, a problem with film characters, they're often so dysfunctional, so you don't really want any of them at a dinner party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, but if I had to choose, I think I'd go for what would give like the greatest conversation opportunity. And I think putting Gandalf, uh, Morpheus, and uh, Albus Dumbledore from Harry Potter in the same room would open for this fascinating kind of discussion about what the universe and reality really is. Sure. <laughs> so I think that would be my choice for that. I, I'd like to be invited to that dinner party too. Yes, so if, yes, if you make welcome. that happen, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm usually interviewing authors on the podcast. So are there any books that you've read recently that you could recommend to the audience? It could be fiction or nonfiction and don't have to be related to film either. Hmm. I think then I'd go for um, a book uh, from a Norwegian author called um, Karl Ove Knoskoy. Uh, he might be pretty well known, I think, maybe in the States as well. A book he is written called A Time for Every Purpose Under Heaven, uh, or in Norwegian, Entid for Alt. Uh, and it kind of combines fiction and essay uh, in uh, deconstructing kind of angels in relation to the Bible. And it's just really uh, fascinating and engrossing as it both like looks and how they've been interpreted in different writings. And then it suddenly has fiction segments following uh, Kain and Abel in a kind of alternative Norwegian uh, farming society. It's, uh, it's very, very well done. Very interesting. We'll have to check that out, and I'll be sure to put a link to that in the, the show notes. Um, so lastly, before we wrap up, um, can you let us know what's next for you and, and where folks can follow you on social media to keep up to date with what's going on? 
So now just recently, actually just coming back from the Student Academy Awards, I uh, received a grant from the Norwegian Film Institute to start developing my first feature film. So it's been a really good month. <laughs> so I've got me and a writer, we're sitting down, we've had our first week now, like starting mapping everything out on a board. And um, it's based on many of the same themes as Revisited. It's also about a family and grief, but now in a very different kind of setting. So looking forward to getting really going on that, hoping to be shooting that in a, a year or two, depending on how we get the script done. And if you want to follow how it all goes, I'm on Instagram, where you can follow me. I'm Ian90, or just search for Ian Forbes, and you'll probably find me. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, keep our eye out for those. I'll put a link to where folks can, can follow up on that in the show notes as well. Um, so, Ian, thank you so much for the time today. Really hope to see your name in the Oscar nominations when they come out early next year, and look forward to seeing what uh, your new project is when it comes down the road as well. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Lovely chatting to you. Thank you again to my guest today, Ian Forbes. His short film, Revisited, received the silver medal at the 2023 Student Academy Awards in October and is eligible for nomination for the 96th Academy Awards in January. The Oscar Project Podcast is written and produced by me, Jonathan Etreberg, with editing assistance from Joshua Etreberg. Please join me later this week for part three of the Thanksgiving special, where I will be speaking with a group of Student Academy Award-winning filmmakers. Until then, I hope to see you at the movies.